it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Above the Ring. I'm your host, Sam the SLB. Alongside me today, as always, the man behind the Twitter, the other half of the operation of Above the Ring, it is Scott. Hey, buddy, how we doing? Nah, not too bad, Sam. It's, uh, it's a hell of a sell weekend, and uh, boy, we had another great wrestling week. We have uh, some stuff to talk about when it comes to uh, NXT, especially. Um, but the other shows definitely definitely held their own. But uh, why don't we get into a little bit of news? Let's do that. And before we do so, guys, don't forget with Hell in the Cell this weekend, do not forget to check out the Raw Review and SmackDown study that dropped the Tuesday and on Saturday. In the news, and really not much we need to talk about here, um, first and foremost, the AEW family has grown this week twofold. Yes. Um, both Cody and Brandy, as well as John and Renee, uh, had their children this week. I don't have the names up in front of me or the dates. But actually, I think Brandy and Cody's, they went with Liberty. Yes. Um, really exciting. Really, really exciting. Um, congrats to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know Cody, I saw the photo of the, you know, the three of them you know, with their hands whatnot. The hands, kinda, yeah. Kind of cute, adorable. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, uh, with AEW, um, they announced a pretty big show coming up in September. Mm. Um, at Up in New York, their first show in New York City, from my understanding. Yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> they, they, they uh, well, not necessarily them, but the media uh, definitely took some hits at uh, Vince for this Um Lots of headlines. Obviously, this is the first time a, a non WWE event of you know outside of like an indie fed that um, is having a show in New York City. That's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was one thing that I mean, I got to witness second episode of Dynamite in Boston. I mean, Boston is still pretty much you know WWE territory. Yeah, you know, between New York, Connecticut. Massachusetts, Rhode Island, you know, that's, you know, the birthplace, you know, that's, that's like coming into the backyard. Yeah. But this is big. They're going to be not just, a, not even just New York City. They're going to be wrestling at the Arthur Ashe Stadium, mm. which 
I didn't know much about this. This is actually a tennis stadium. Um, it's a stadium. Uh, it's I think the Masters. Is it the, I'm probably mixing them up right now. Uh, it's the Open. I don't know. I know it holds twenty three thousand people, which for a state, you know, a, you know, out, that that's big for a you know a tennis tennis stadium. Um, I'm. I don't think it gets used for much, but this this could open up the door. Not just you know now now AEW. Yeah, we're not just gonna you know wrestle in arenas. We're gonna go to these smaller stadiums. These state right. you know, as well as bigger places. I mean, you're going to New York City now. I've been almost eyeballing tickets for this at this point. I'm kind of like, do I go to New York? Going to be it's in classes tempting. again, so unfortunately I cannot attend. But that's all right. As long as one half of Bedlam is there, it will be good. <laughs> Um, but no, I mean, this could be the beginning. Um, this could be their home. You know, like how the Garden was WWE's home for the longest time. This, if it goes well, I'm assuming they'll sell out because people have been clamoring to go back to wrestling shows, especially the AEW shows at Daly's Place has been doing real well. I could see them putting 23,000 people in the seats. Um, yeah, this this could be... This could be real good for them if this show goes well. Yes, yes. Um, I think it will, especially with an article that came out this week. I don't know if you saw that, Scott, where they were said um, AEW isn't making profit right now because they're dumping a bunch of money into the uh, the video game. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. But you know, I think that'll pay off. I think, um, I think it's time. I think it's going to happen. I think they're going to expand, especially something like this. That being said, we're going to get right into it. So this past weekend, we did have a lot of exciting things going on. Scott actually asked me for my Impact Plus uh, login to watch Against All Odds. We're not going to really get into the details on this card, except for I definitely want to point out the uh, main event. Mm. Because what happened in the main event, I know, leaked into Impact this week. It did. It did. Yeah, as uh, everybody knows, um, Kenny Omega defeating Moose uh, thanks to some timely interference from Young Bucks. I had a feeling that when they're in Daly's place, with the Good Brothers being taken care of earlier on in the show, that it was probably going to be the Bucks to show up. And lo and behold, they did. I feel... The first eight matches of this pay-per-view were really good. I really enjoyed them. This main event, even though I knew it was going to happen, I feel like the match still kind of fell flat. It's like... Moose is a powerhouse. He should have been able to take care of the Bucks. And then, yeah, maybe... Kenny able to to do something afterwards, but just I didn't like it. Just I don't know. I just was not a fan of how how the whole thing ended. Um, however, <laughs> this is where things get a little little interesting. Uh, Sammy Callahan, after his match with Tommy Dreamer defeating the Good Brothers, tweeted just a gif of an airplane. Taking off, and I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> I'm like, he's gonna show up, isn't he? Sure enough, 
match ends. They're all celebrating in the ring. And then you hear the familiar theme of Sammy Callahan. Lights go out. Lights come back up. And there's Sammy. Dispatches of the Bucks. And is going to go attack Kenny. And, of course, Don Callis, who's on commentary with Scott Demore and Tony Schiavone, comes running to save his golden ticket. And essentially fire, like, not essentially, he fires Sammy Callahan. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, you're still an EVP of Impact. You can actually do that. Shit, what's going on? And of course, Scott Demore is furious. He, the show ends with him and Don Callis screaming at one another as they go down the, uh, go down the, uh, the entrance ray. And I'm just like, what the f- just happened <laughs> and that was Saturday night then we moved to Sunday night like this is like the middle of like a five day span of wrestling which was just incredible NXT takeover in your house I will I will first give a round of applause to Sam for going five and out. Five and zero, undefeated. I will definitely give him that. Um, they had a dark match, which I didn't even know about. It was Saray and Zoe Stark taking on and defeating the Robert Stone brand. Um, I would have picked Saray and Zoe Stark anyways, but that's just whatever. The matches on this card, insane. Loved them all. I did not have a single bad match in this whole card. The craziness, though, now, this, is, this was the difference, for me at least, between Impact, Against All Odds, and NXT In Your House. Both of them had shocking endings. While Impact was kind of like, for me at least, kind of made me feel like, eh. NXT's Karrion Cross retains his title in a ridiculous fatal five-way match by choking out Kyle O'Reilly while he's trying to submit um, Adam Cole. Great sequence, yes. Great sequence. O'Reilly submits, or he he passes out, essentially. Cross wins. They're crossing, and Scarlett celebrating in the ring. And one of the interviewers in the backstage goes up to Regal, talks to Regal about the show because for the last few weeks, things have been absolutely batshit crazy in NXT. Brawls everywhere. There's no order. It's pure bedlam. Bedlam. Say. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know. We pop for ourselves. It is what it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I lost my train of thought. No. <laughs> um, so... The interviewer asked Regal what, you know, he thought of the the show. And Regal kind of turns, because he was walking away at the time, and, and I could see this look on his face, and I'm just like, this man's tired. <laughs> and he's like, I've been doing this for you know, seven years, since the beginning. I've had a pretty good reign on things until recently. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm just paraphrasing here. He goes... I think it's time for a change. And that was like getting punched in the heart. 
Like, it took the wind out of me. And I'm like, no. Regal has been the best authority figure that all of WWE has had. The man cannot leave. It just, it's, no. It just, I, I literally was yelling at my television. And I don't do that with wrestling often. I've been watching for 30 plus years. And I was actually yelling at my television <laughs> Sunday night when he said that. It's just, oh. So I, I could not wait. 48 hours could not come fast enough so I can get to NXT. And just see what the hell was happening. So, as we shift gears to NXT on Tuesday, the show started off with Regal coming out. We got to make, he had to make an announcement. And I'm just like, don't do this to me. Like, the, my eyes are already starting to well up. I'm like, don't, John, like, don't you say it. I don't want to hear it. None of this retirement shit. None of this, I can't do this anymore shit. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. So, Regal goes through this entire, like, story about stuff that has happened in NXT and talking about, like, all the, the brave like, uh, and, and, and courageous men and women that have done everything they can to make NXT what it is today. And I'm sitting there, and I'm trying, I'm trying not to get emotional while Regal is getting emotional. I'm like, this man would, like, cut you in, like, two seconds if you wronged him. And he's crying. And I'm like... Regal, don't do this to me. <laughs> like, just, just, uh. So he gets to the end where he's basically essentially going to step down from the GM role because he's, he's, he's lost the locker room, unfortunately. He just, he's not able to rein everybody in and keep you know, the, de the decorum. Before he could do that, he gets interrupted by the NXT champion, Karrion Cross. Cross comes out. And basically just throws it in Regal's face and just demands that Regal say that he can't handle it anymore and that he's done and that it just, it can't happen. And he, he just needs to go. And Regal's about to respond. And then Sam, it happens. It happens. It happens. <laughs> you heard that familiar... That familiar horn. I was just like, I, I, I think I slammed my table so hard in excitement. It, oh my god, Samoa Joe resigned. Now I know there was speculation before that he was resigned to NXT, and you know what he was going to be wasn't sure, but he was back with WWE. And for me, I was like, thank God. Now do the same thing with Aleister Black. That's all I'm asking. NXT, bring him back. Just do it, please. That's all I'm asking. I don't ask for much. Just let me do that, please. Just let him come back. So Joe comes out, and, and instantly, the atmosphere changes. And I'm like, that's the star power this man has. Comes in the ring, and Regal essentially finishes his thing saying, he, he, he wants Samoa Joe to become the new general manager of Smack, oh, Smack, of uh, NXT because Joe can keep people in line. He can continue to do this job. And Joe, being as respectful as he is, I know that was funny to say, um, tells Regal that he will not do that because he knows Regal can do it. But Samoa Joe can offer his services in other ways to make sure that people stay in line. 
And then he turns to carrying cross, and I'm like, <laughs> don't tease me. The teasing in this episode. It was uh, incredible. I, I will have to say that this episode of NXT was probably one of the best ones I've ever seen, and Agreed. I've watched since the beginning. And it didn't stop. No, it just kept going. It, it like, like, honestly, like, all I could think about this whole episode, it was like the early days of the NWO, where they tore WCW apart. Yes. So like, good. Yeah, so, yeah, the fact he went up to him and he's like, what are you still doing in this ring? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Talk, young champion. I was just like, ah, don't do this to me, Joe. Uh, but yeah, like you said, it did not stop. It just kept on going. We then hopped into in-ring action with Rizongo and Imperium. Imperium on the warpath trying to right the wrongs with Rizongo defeating them for the NXT Tag Team Championships uh, in the past. However... He got ahead of themselves. Zango able to ret- uh, not retain, but able to defeat Imperium. Then we went into some real fun stuff. Yeah, we did. Um, of course, with how the craziness has been the backstage of NXT, a brawl broke out once again between Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. And they're fighting with one another. Regal shows up separates them with some security and tells them, all right, I thought you guys had enough with this, uh, uh, with a non-sanctioned match. Fine, we'll have another one, but this is going to be an actual match. Next week, you guys get to pick your own opponents. And then in two weeks or three weeks at the, at the NXT Great American Bash, which I'm glad they brought back, it will be Cole and O'Reilly too. Now, that's all good and fine. Yeah. But they start... You know, the, the, I think it was Cole. Yes, it was Cole that broke the uh, broke the wall, started attacking O'Reilly. Joe shows up. They get separated again. Adam Cole breaks it again and pushes well, uh, pushes Joe. Now, I had missed this in the beginning part, but when Joe first came out, Regal made it clear that Joe will not be a competitor, which was a little sad in the beginning. But Regal said if provoked you're allowed to defend yourself because he's not allowed to attack or, or, or strike any of the NXT talent because he's not a competitor Joe's like alright I can deal with that so fast forward to Adam Cole pushing Samoa Joe out of the way to go back and attack Kyle Riley. Joe's like well that's enough for me takes off the jacket and it's night night time for Mr. Bay Bay <laughs> I it's funny because I did see the tweets come in and you told me about this stuff and then when I watched it oh my god dude I'm getting goosebumps my back is like right, right now oh. it just I'm I, this is what I will say because I know he was injured I know he's actually not cleared um on top of all that I would also argue that Samoa Joe and I would argue this out of all the people that they've ever signed and put through NXT he may be the biggest signee they've probably ever and that's going against shinsuke nakamura that is going against adam cole you know samoa joe he ran the independent scene for a while ring of honor impact you know he's he wasn't a nobody he was like but what i'm getting because they're playing this you can't do anything unless provoked and you probably won't get a match 
from him for like six months. That's Which is fine. But I'm remembering when Daniel Bryan was starting to get the news that they were going to clear him. Yeah. And the build-up, knowing you were going to see him in the ring, I I was at Clash of Champions in 2017 where he pushed Shane McMahon. Let me tell you, the Boston Garden lost their fucking minds. Yep, yep. And, and I can we see the were, same thing We were happen. so ready for, for Daniel to get back in the ring, and oh my god, yeah. But I that, feel the same way with this. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, Joe has that that aura about him. It's like, I'm the baddest motherfucker in this room. And if you don't like that, too effing bad, I'm going to kick your ass. So, he not only puts Cole to sleep, slams him to the ground, he looks at the security. When he wakes up, he needs to make his decision for Mr. Regal. I'm just like, oh, Joe, please. <laughs> Continue doing this. I just love it so much. Uh, so after that, we went back to our NXT Cruiserweight Open Challenge that Kushida's been doing, and it's been great because they've been debuting new people. We had Carmelo Hayes last week. This week we have Trey Baxter, who I believe was... Like Christian. Yeah, thank you. So when I, when I saw that, I was like, ooh, this is going to be good. And yes, it was. I love that Kushida's able to bring in these new... Well, not bring in, but debut these kids in a fantastic way. Another great match. Kushida does retain, but again, you know, the whole fist bump thing with Trey afterwards, given that respect. So I'm excited to see who Kushida puts it up against next week. We then moved on to a segment that I actually didn't see coming. At least not right now. They do the crowning for LA Knight, Million Dollar Championship. Ted's out there. He has his little security. They have the case with the million dollar championship. And LA Knight comes out. He gives his heartfelt speech about what Ted's meant to him his entire life growing up. And I'm sure this was, uh, honestly, I'm, I'm sure that this was real. Because LA Knight wasn't his normal cocky self. He was reined in and he was, he, he, he looked emotional. So then after that, you know, Ted, he asks Ted to, you know, Formally, you know, give him the title belt and everything else. Puts it on his shoulder. L.A. Knight's all excited and whatnot. And then L.A. is like, well, now that I have everything I should have, I should get rid of the stuff I shouldn't have or no longer need. And he hits Ted. And Ted bumps. Mm -hmm. Beautifully. And I'm mm -hmm. like, this man is almost 70. And he just did a miraculous bump. Incredible. Oh, my God. L.A. Knight just pounded on him, beating him up. And then who comes to save him? Mr. Man from the Moon himself, Cameron Grimes. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think there's a lot of... So, I don't think there's a lot of crowd reactions, even today, that get the responses that they should. A couple of them have to be when the Young Bucks turned heel recently with Kenny. And then this. Because Cameron Grimes, remember, he was just spending the past, like, couple months just you know Teddy DiBiase's up his ass you know yeah, he just can't yeah. he can't get a break and now this happens and the place popped for Grimes yeah, yeah. like I felt I'm like a million dollars 
Cameron Grimes, no joke, after that pop, Moon. He's yeah, going. Absolutely. Yeah. Incredible. He's, he's eventually, now, now that Ted is clearly going to be on his side after this, it's going to be, this is going to be a great feud. I'm glad that this isn't over. Because eventually Cameron Grimes is going to win. He's going to be the next million dollar champion. And it's, it's going to go to the moon. It, it, <laughs> it is. Um, but yeah, I think this is, this is going to be a fantastic feud. And I'm very excited to see where this goes. Um, because we all know Cam Graham's going to take that title. And it's going to be great to see. After that, we had Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai take on and defeat Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro in a very, very good match. Uh, I love that Caden and Casey are back together. Uh, I think Casey was out with injury. Uh, they look fluid as ever, but obviously with the champion, how hot she is right now, they're not going to lose. No. So no. that was great to see. We then had um, Io Shirai coming out, talking about how she's back, that everything's all good and fine. Candace comes out with the distraction, Indy Hartwell attacking her from behind. Brawl breaks out. Zoe Stark comes to Io Shirai's um, rescue. So obviously we're going to have ourselves probably a tag team match between those two later on. Um, I, I was watching Twitter and it was funny to see how Candace and Indy keep attacking Zoe with how Zoe keeps having different tag team partners every week it seems. Mm-hmm. Which is which is fine. But you got Io Shirai now. Nah, I don't think you really can get much better in the women's division when it comes to a tag team partner. No. So uh, I, I, think, uh, I think the way is in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, they are. And then, um, can we talk about this tag team tornado match for well, this main event? Well, before we get to that, because this was an incredible belt, there was one more segment with Joe. Oh, yeah. He's in the office with Regal. And, of course, speaking of the way, <laughs> two people walk in, good old Johnny Gargano and uh, Austin, Theory. Austin Theory. They walk in. He's like, do you know how to knock? And then Johnny's like, Joe, Joe, Joe. Yeah. I just, and I love how quick it was because it was like, hey, Joe, you get the hell out of here. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, we're, 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 we're out. And yeah. that was it. And I was like, again, these teases because all of, I, and, and also right after they leave, did you see who came in afterwards? Pete Dunn. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Pete Dunn walks in the door, and Pete's all just like, I'm the maddest motherfucker in this room. And Joe's like, fixes his suit coat, and he's like, no, no, no. I'm the baddest motherfucker in this room. And Regal's like, gentlemen, please. <laughs> but I'm just like, <gasps> and then I noticed later, Pete Dunn had put out a tweet, and he just wrote out the word with spaces, provoke. And I'm like, don't do this to me. Joe and Pete Dunn. Dear God, Sam. <laughs> there is not a, a because you got to remember. I mean, Johnny's been around for a while. Mm-hmm. He was probably in NXT, but he was still he was part of uh, DIY with right. Champa. I mean, imagine Champa and Joe going at it. <sighs> Timothy, that fantasy yeah. book, and you and I we're just going to start a fantasy book and show. That's it. We really should seriously. We should. <laughs> but but speaking of which, let me. <sighs> this tornado tag match first and foremost. Champa and Thatcher 
they bring up some of the best technical as well as it's almost feels old school. Like it feels like this is like, like Matt wrestling. Yes. This is like solid. And the more I watch the grizzled young veterans wrestle, the name suits them. Oh yeah. This match, I could not take my eyes off. Oh, it was beautiful to watch. Incredible. Yeah, um, Tommaso and Thatcher able to get the victory in a very hard-fought match, and I, I, I feel like this is the end feud-wise for these two teams, which I'm a tad bit sad about, because um, I really feel that Grizzled Young Veterans has been kind of done a little dirty. <laughs> they get so close, and then they fall just short, and it's like, ah, yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like they should have had at least one run with the tag team titles, but. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, that smack, uh, smack, I keep saying smack, um, NXT this week, Flawless. like we talked about, probably one of the best ones that they've ever done. Uh, especially the, definitely the best ones since they've come to the uh, USA uh, Network. Um, but even probably one of the best ones that they've ever created, period. So I love that so much. That's how a wrestling show should go. Yes. 100% agree. Speaking of, another pretty darn good show. We will shift gears and go over to Thursday. Uh, now, Thursday. Sam. Yeah, Thursday, yep. Were you able to watch? Because I know that you were out. Uh, I watched like the first half and I meant to finish it, but let me tell you, it was, uh, it was a good, 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 great beginning of the show. I mean, the kickoff match, TJP taking on Black Taurus. Mm. Um, did not expect that win. No, I, I no for TJP, absolutely not. I did not expect that whatsoever. Um, it was awesome. It was great, and then obviously, you know, Moose comes out and he's kind of pissed off. With every right, <laughs> every right, absolutely every right. He's going to hijack the show. He's going to sit there. He's not leaving. Then Chris Saban comes out. After being attacked by Moose, he, you know, if you want to fight, I'm here. I think we're going to be getting Saban and Moose at Slammiversary. Yes, that'll be that'll be a good show. I'm excited for that. Um, then following that, and also correct me if I forget forget spots. Um, some of the articles I look at don't cover half the uh, the promos in between. That's okay. Um, so. Up next, Josh Alexander taking on Madman Fulton. Yes. This was, again, Alexander rightfully was on top of this. Like, he just, he needs a title run with the main title. He has the, he's holding the X Division title as he said he would. Yep. We don't have an impact title here now. I'm going to treat this like this is the title. Right. And he comes out, he is the champion. I feel like Josh Alexander is the champion in the face of Impact right now. Agreed. No, despite, I have to agree with you. Despite the Kenny, you know, what Kenny Omega is doing, not saying he's not, do, you know, what they are intending to do with everything right now is falling into place. Right. Agreed. Agreed. I also, uh, I believe they announced this past week that the Ultimate X match is returning. First time anniversary. Now, I know we talked about this outside of the podcast that you've only seen bits and pieces of Ultimate X matches. I've seen a few in my day, and 
some of the spots that you can have in that match, holy shit. So with these wrestlers that are in it, this could steal the show. And we're talking a match or a show where this is going to be headlined by Sammy Callahan versus Kenny Omega. Oh, wait. Sammy got fired. So we don't know what the main event of Slam versus is going to be yet. Well, we'll find out by a rep. Representative is coming. That's true. That is true. We had an Anthem representative was going to show up and uh, take care of the situation that unfolded. So, um, after that, they did have a backstage segment with W. Morrissey. And W. Morrissey just... He just has that different way about him now. Because obviously, you and I remember him from WWE, big cast, the, you know, you can't teach that, and all this happiness and whatnot. This man is angry now. And he basically just went on a rampage about how friends in the wrestling business mean nothing. He mentioned a few people talking about how, you know, they're supposed to have friends with them, but they never showed up when they needed them most, and they all got their asses handed to them for it. So W. w. Morris is just like, well, it's fine. This is, this is going to be all about me. I'm the, only, I'm the only person that I can trust. So this man's going to be on a warpath for quite some time, and I'm actually really interested to see who's going to be the first person to put him down. Because the way they're building him right now, he he could be champion by the end of the year. He's gonna be a monster. He's a monster. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, he could be the guy who takes out Kenny. They could build it that way. That would be yeah. That that that's an interesting thing. That's yeah, let's 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 hold off on the fantasy booking because you and I we just spend too much time we, doing that. We, just, we keep going that way. Um, after that, we had the debut of Steve Macklin. Taking on Jason Page, for those of you who don't recognize the name, if you've been on social media the last couple of weeks, uh, on an episode of AEW Dark, I believe, um, Jason Page was in a match, and he took this crazy backbreaker bump that I don't remember exactly who he was facing. It might have been Brian Cage, um, but... Whoever it was hit the backbreaker, and Jason did like multiple flips in the air before he land. It landed. It went viral. It was insane. I was like, "What the hell is this?" Same kid shows up tonight for Impact. However, <laughs> Steve Mappin making quick work of this man, putting him down real quick. So, a nice, impressive, dominant debut for Steve Mappin. So. It's nice to have some new blood back in the business. Well, new blood. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So let's see. After that, we had a match. Tennille Dashwood and Rachel Ellering. Yep. That was was a good match. I'm kind of not really sure where they're going with the whole uh, with uh, Rachel Ellering and Jordan Grace. Somebody's turning on somebody. I think they're pushing Jordan to be the one that turns, but part of me feels that Rachel could do it. Could be either of them. Yeah. 
That's why I like the NX. Anything could happen. That's true. That's true. Um, so crazy thing about this, you know, when the card came up, it's like, oh yeah, Rachel Elring. She's, you know, her hair's down now, and she does have a T-shirt on in the card that they showed. And I'm like, that can't. And I stared at it for like a good like five minutes. I'm looking at it right now, and I'm just like, okay, yeah, she looks absolutely different. <laughs> Which actually, by looking at, I mean, you saw, I mean, you saw the Tinial Dashwood Rachel Elring card. Yeah. You know, when they showed it, I mean, she changed for all I know. She could be the one turning just by saying that her tire already looks different. Her True. appearance looks different. Impact could have spoiled it already. <laughs> uh, we then had a, uh, a little backstage segment between uh, Decay, TJP, and Falaba. Talk about how they have some unfinished business. So I believe next week... They're going to have themselves a tag team match between the two teams, so that should be fun. Of course, anytime I get a chance to listen to the Decay theme song, I'm a happy camper. Oh, I know you are. <laughs> um, while we stayed backstage, Fire and Flavor. These two, I swear to God. <laughs> Questioning two custodial employees about who the best tag team, uh, knockouts tag team ever. And of course, these poor men are just trying to do their jobs. <laughs> Not answering. Fire and flavor, giving them shit. Kind of go off on their way. They're stopped by Rosemary. They talk a little bit of shit and they start getting ready to turn around. Who's behind them? Havoc. A little bit of a brawl breaks out. Havoc takes <laughs> uh, Hogan, throws Hogan in the trash, and for some reason, she starts looking through the trash. She picks up a bag, and what does it say on it? Mickey. I'm like, really, guys? We're really going to do this? <laughs> so not only that, but obviously, you know, another Hogan in the trash is always, you know, an interesting concept in its own right. But the shot taking it at WWE with the whole Mickey trash bag incident that happened was was quite comical. Impact is known for this. AEW's been doing it as well lately. Yes, everybody takes shots at the big dog. I understand. No pun intended. It's not Roman Reigns. But I don't know. I'm a little tired of it, to be honest with you. Just focus on yourselves. Don't worry about mm -hmm. taking shots at the big guys. doesn't matter. If you guys keep doing that, you're going to stay where you are. Focus on your show, you could start getting a little better. Now, and I'm completely with you on that one. However, you need to do it in a productive manner. And we will go to all the talent that came from WCW to WWE. True. A handful of them who went to ECW first. You know, I mean, obviously the, the Steve Austin promos from ECW, which kind of built him into the man he was. You know, Brian Pillman. Um you know, a little bit of, not so much Chris Jericho, but I know he probably used a little bit of that fuel to propel himself forward in WWE when he came over. It works when you, you can redirect that emotion and mention the big guy. Right. And redirect it where you take that attitude into, I'm passionate about this. I want to make this, like, like we're going to, I'm going to use that anger and that aggravation to just make myself the best person possible. Right. 
and I and I completely agree with that. But for like for me personally, for like for this segment, where does this enrich fire and flavor at all? It doesn't. It's just a straight shot at WWE. So it's like, all right, like, but yeah. If it was done in a productive manner, that's great. If somebody from WWE was in that segment, it would have made more sense. But whatever. I'm I'm not gonna just. It, and it's funny because it's actually um you know not to go too much into it but that's where the twofold about WWE not allowing their talent to mention other promotions I think is kind of beneficial because imagine if some of this other talent came in from Impact or New Japan or Ring of Honor and they had aggravations about it right not usually the case from my understanding you know the WWE product would be like okay yeah I mean like you'd be like yeah I don't need to hear about. Daniel Bryan's frustrations with Ring of Honor. I don't need to hear about these people's frustrations with Impact. You, you, you'd get sick of it. Right. Granted, I think they should not ignore the achievements that they've made, but I can see you got two full. It's like, okay, now all that negativity, you're going to keep them, you know, we're going to ignore it. Yeah. Yeah. WWE has their own special way of acknowledging other achievements. They just always say, he's won titles all around the world in every organization he's ever been in. But obviously, none of those matter because now he's in WWE. <laughs> Unless every so often they do drop, you know, the IWGP titles. Every so, like that's the one that they let slip. That is true, but you know, as as the the rumors said that you know WWE was trying to look for an exclusive deal with New Japan, which obviously didn't happen. But that's beside the point. So maybe that's why they kind of slide that in there. We look, look, we talk about you on television. You should you should have a deal with us. But even even you go back to when AJ Styles debuted, you know, you hear JBL go, he's a two-time IWGP heavyweight champion. Yeah. You know, when when Kushida got signed, when Kushida got signed, they made it clear, yo, he's a seven-time IWGP junior heavyweight champion. Yeah. For the average wrestling fan, that don't mean shit to them. True. But to you and I, we're like, yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so after that, we had Rhino versus Kojima. And if Kojima won, which he ended up doing, he now uh, guarantees him and Eddie Edwards, which is a really odd pairing, but whatever, uh, a future Impact World Tag Team Championship shot versus Violent by Design. I was sad we did not get an Eric Young promo this week. Still was nice to see Violent by Design in the ring. Unfortunately, they did lose, but it is what it is. <laughs> and then, Sam, the, the last segment top. of this show. <laughs> Sammy Callahan, even though he's fired from Impact, shows up anyways in the ring, screaming and yelling, security coming down, not really able to get a hold of him. Scott Demore comes out. Scott dismisses the rest of the security and just has a nice little one-on-one with Sammy. Sammy obviously furious that he got fired. Don Callis clearly overstepped. Scott agrees. Said the anthem rep is coming. They're in the building. We'll figure out what's going on. I just need you to not cause chaos. Just, just listen to me this one time. Sammy reluctantly agrees, takes out his phone, hits a button. The The... The weird sound happens, the lights go out, and Sammy's gone. Scott's in the ring by himself for literally five seconds before Don Callis comes out, because clearly Don's not going to come out with Sammy there because Don's a piece of shit. 
He's one of those guys that you want to see get his ass kicked. And I love him for it from a from a fan side of things when it comes to that because I love shit heels. I, I've always loved a shit heel. Someone who you want to see get at their ass kicked. Kenny Omega is quickly ascending that level for me as well. Like, he's getting to that point where I need somebody to beat him. Some way. I don't care. Especially if it's after this week's match. promo. Right. It's just, it just needs to happen. So... Callus and um, Scott are in the ring, and they get into a little bit of an argument as well. But the anthem rep shows up. Lo and behold, who is it? Tommy Dreamer himself. Scott. Neither one of them knew it the fir- at first. Uh, Tommy was able to say that he went to Anthem, talked to Anthem about this whole situation. And they gave Tommy the power to reinstate Sammy. But he said somebody's head had to roll. And they kind of made it feel like it was going to be Scott Demore that was going to get fired. But they swerved us at the end. And they fired Don Callis. No longer an EVP of Impact Wrestling. The man is just Kenny's lapdog at this point. Yeah, and I mean... Surprise. I knew months ago when maybe even when the title change happened, I knew Don had already actually stepped away as EVP. Oh, I I didn't see that. Oh, all right. So, yeah. yeah. So right. he, he actually did step away. Um, and I think it had to be to be more of an on-screen kind of role. Okay. You know, in a commentator, you know, there's only so much, I guess, you, you know, you can do if you're not Vince McMahon. We can do everything under the sun at once. <laughs> so I knew he stepped away, and I figured he's going to be spending a lot more time with AEW. You right. know, he's helped. Let's be honest. I mean, you're you're familiar with Impact way more than I am. You've been watching it way longer than I am. I have. Um, what he's done for Impact, mm-hmm. Impact at one point was the Impact TNA. You watch what? Yeah. That was like 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 that was the garbage show. They were they were at before he showed up, they were actually at the point where I thought they were gonna fold. I thought it was finally gonna be over for Impact. And you know, they had they made the whole change once they went to Anthem about, you know, if they're gonna be TNA, if they're gonna be Impact, and they bounced back and forth for a while and I'm like, guys, pick an identity and just go. Just do it. He, he, you got to give him credit. I think Impact is Absolutely. probably, and you being a, you again, you watching it, you could probably argue these might be some of the best years of Impact right now. It's definitely really good. Um, I yeah. I actually really thoroughly enjoy every Thursday sitting down and watching it and watching Impact. Like there were some times where I'm just like, why am I watching this? Like this is just terrible. But AW uh, Impact seems to go through its highs and lows. Yeah. Like, there's been some ridiculous highs with, like, stuff with, like, when Aces and Eights first debuted. Mm-hmm. That was, like, what is this? They turn in you know, their own little version of the NWL. That was, I thought that was a great thing. The the lead up to the eventual reveal of who the actual leader of Aces and Eights was, I thought was probably one of the best storylines that TNA had at that time. So then we had that. That went for a while, and then that fizzled out. And then the Broken Universe happened. Matt Hardy. Just turning into Broken Matt Hardy, 
the whole thing with that, him going to war with Jeff, and then Jeff turning into Brother Nero, and then the whole universe, everything. It just the, the uh, that was probably one another peak for Impact. Before all of that, you had the whole stuff with AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, Samoa Joe. If you go back and watch, I believe it's Joe versus AJ versus Christopher Daniels. I would arguably say one of the best matches ever in professional wrestling. I have to find the exact date for it, which show it was, but the three of them put magic. They had yeah, it was just magic. Like for me, my my number one match of all time for me is Shawn Michaels Undertaker, uh, WrestleMania twenty five. That's my favorite match of all time. That one, one B. So good. So yeah, it's just. Highs and lows with Impact. Impact right now, on its way up. And I feel like how they decide to take the belt off of Kenny. Make or break. Yes. And it depends on who it is. Now that Sammy's back in the fold, Slamiversary main event is back. Sammy and Kenny. Is this the time to pull the trigger and put the title back on Sammy Callahan? I don't know. We'll see. I would love it. I think that would be great. Especially how they're kind of bleeding it over into AEW a little bit. Yeah. No, I'm... I don't know. Well, And that's part of the thing with a good heel. I mean, every uh, this is something... And I know there are definitely people who are honestly aggravated with what has happened with Impact and AEW, with Kenny having the belts and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But this... Yeah, I agree with you there. There's a yeah, lot there's of people some... bitching about it being a dead there being dead titles because Kenny's just holding them ransom. But but there's some magic to that. Yeah, because, I Cuz yeah, you don't have it's like you know, as much as people, I mean, yeah, it was aggravating you never saw Brock on TV. That's the thing. Kenny, can you see on TV Brock Lesnar you didn't see on TV. Right. Exactly. Um he, he's doing things that make you dis buys him yes that make you whoever is going to take those belts off of kenny is going to become the biggest superstar in both shows agree yeah like i was saying earlier like kenny's quickly ascending that level of i need to see somebody kick his ass because i'm tired of him winning every match by you know shenanigans somebody coming in causing a disqualification or distracting the ref enough for Kenny to do something, you know, illegal and get the win. You know, it's just, it's getting to that point. It's, it's not, it's, I feel like (laughs) I'll reference, um, uh, SmackDown versus Raw 2006 GM mode. They have a feud right now. It's still double thumbs up. Don't make it thumbs down. No pun intended, of course, for Sammy Callahan, the whole thumbs up, thumbs down thing. Thumbs down. <laughs> but it's like this this feud is going. And, and like and everything Kenny's doing as a heel is good. Once it starts to spoil, drop it. He needs to drop that title. Mm-hmm. And while I would love to see Sammy win, he doesn't necessarily have to. But then how long do you go? before it starts to really make impact look bad, 
Triple A look bad. And, you, got a, and you know, you got a foreigner winning the title, not necessarily foreigner as in like a non Mexican or a non um, um, Spanish. Well, I mean, like someone not, not not solely in AAA, not solely in Impact. You know, it's like you got somebody who's outside of the company being their champion. Who's gonna, you know, who's gonna step up and take those titles from Kenny? Yeah, and it's crazy you mentioned that because I'm looking here. Kenny Omega is 608 days as AAA Mega Champion right now. Right, he is now the third longest reign of all time for AAA. Right. So no, I I I get it. I'm. They're building. Somebody's gonna. I think you and I are on the same boat on who's taking it off of Kenny, the AEW title off of Kenny. Yes. I think you and I have agreed it's Hangman. Yes. Who does an impact? I don't know. But they're gonna have. He's gonna go to the moon, and again, you and I aren't really familiar with you know CMLL or AAA. Yeah. yeah. Will. You know, Andrade take it from him? He might. He might, I think. But Andrade, again, also now in AEW. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's. I feel like once the first chip falls and Kenny loses a title, they're going to crumble. It's, it's Yeah, he's going to have a nice rise and fall. It's going to be great. It's going to be glorious to watch because the way Kenny is, it's just going to be fantastic to see. Um, I feel like he's going to lose the Impact title first. That I, I actually do feel like he'll drop the um, AAA title to Andrade. And then he'll hold on to AEW as long as he possibly can until he eventually has that one-on-one with Hangman Adam Page, which I feel could be an all-out, could be full gear. I don't know. I, it's going to be a big match. Go I don't ahead. think it'll go later than full gear, personally. Okay. All right. That that personal opinion. I could be wrong. No, 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 no. I mean, you're right. I mean, because they kind of... I don't, know, uh, I don't know. We haven't talked about AEW yet, but there was a segment when Page was with the Dark Order... And um, Alex Marvez asked about Kenny's match, and it was kind of like, are, "Are you starting to plant those seeds?" All right, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm watching. I'm, and again, I'm paying attention. I see what's going but again, on. Again, also, okay. Now we'll fantasy book. <laughs> so this week, I made sure I watched. The main event from Dominion, from the seventh. Yes. Shingo Takage taking on Okada and defeating the Rainmaker for the title. Incredible. Get a chance. Watch it. Anybody who uh, Shingo Takage, I think from the first match I saw him because he was from Dragon Gate originally. And Dragon Gate again, another promotion that's no joke. Right. Yeah. Uh, he put on a crazy fight. Um. He immediately called out Kota Ibushi afterwards, because he's because they were supposed to, you know, I guess Kota said, "Yeah, we're gonna have the we're gonna we're gonna have a title defense. I'm gonna fight you for my title." Now the cards have turned. He goes, "We were supposed to do this the first time. Now I have the belt. Let's make it happen." So it'll be a good bout. That being said, months ago, months ago, it was mentioned that somebody would be coming over. And working in AEW. 
And he's been teased on Impact. So, before Paige, because I'm arguing Paige has taken the title, I, I would put money down right now. Probably shouldn't. I would put money down. But I would not be surprised if Kenny Omega defends either the AEW title or the Impact title in Omega Okada 5. I'm mouth breathing now. <laughs> Man. And you know, you know they'd just let the two of them go, too. It would be a New Japan-style match. They would just... Oh, my God. I it's crazy the I can take my glasses off for this one. I had never seen the Ric Flair and the Ricky Steamboat matches mm-hmm. up until that point. People compared this to that trilogy, and I watched Steamboat and Flair from the late eighties, early nineties. Clinics, mm-hmm. fucking clinics, legendary. There's a reason why. NWA, Jim Crockett, WCW, whatever you want to call it, rivaled what WWE was doing. Right. It, there's <laughs> something about Omega and Okada that has magic. And maybe that's just because that was the spark that really got me back into the... Because, you know, you know, we went to, I went to Mania. We, you know, we met. Yep. And then I was starting to fall off the... I'm like, oh, this is this is just fucking garbage like what the hell am i watching at this point yeah. you know this is you know if i was a child maybe sure but then you know mega okada it's the one that was the that was the bout yep. so sorry needed to get that out there <laughs> will omega okada five happen i, I hope don't so. know something been, been three years since four and omega just just tweeted out about, I think it was the three-year anniversary from when he took the title. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Just keep sprinkling it in, boys. Mm. <sighs> that being said, we're going to hop over to why we do these shows on the weekends. We had our Friday Night Dynamite. Also, The last had... one. The last one. But Before. then, no, next week it's on Saturday night. Saturday Night Dynamite. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny because people are like, yo, what are we doing Saturday? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> got to watch Impact, and then we got a podcast. <laughs> That'll be a late night on Saturday to put yes. out for Sunday, but that's all right. That's what we do, because we have Bedlam. We're used to the chaos. Because the podcasting world doesn't belong to them, Scott. <laughs> it belongs, belongs to us. <laughs> that being said, we're going to kick off right now. Uh, Dynamite. Dynamite kicked off with the MMA cage fight. And let me tell you, I know you and I, we're not big MMA guys. We don't watch. I don't watch MMA. I don't either. This was good. This was great. Um, we. I don't know if it, it. It definitely seemed like it was a little. It was definitely fixed for storyline purposes. You know, you can't do an actual MMA fight. Right. But yeah. But they definitely made it. They did a good job in making it feel like a an MMA fight. They did. The, the first round was, a, I don't know, seemed a little wonky to me. Like, there was too much of a feeling out process. Like, these guys have fought one another before. They should just drop some haymakers and just go to town. There were a few shots by Hager that I think woke 
Wardlow up because Wardlow would kind of just stop and just kind of look at him go, oh, okay, that's how we're going to do? <laughs> because that second round before, you know, the ending, actually the end of the first round, Wardlow was just going to town. Mm-hmm. And if that bell didn't ring, I, I think that Wardlow might have taken it in the first. But they go to the second, and Hager goes to his ground game. And uh, that's 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 it. And I love the uh, Wardlow flipping off Jericho before he passes out. <laughs> didn't mm-hmm. submit. Just passed out. So Hager takes that. But yeah, that was that was that was that was that was interesting to watch. And you know what? I will tell you. And this is this is what I will say. And maybe it's kind of been unspoken. But I think this. I was surprised Aubrey Edwards was the ref here. Yeah, I was too. I'm like, why isn't an MMA person? Well, well, or not even that. You would have thought maybe if we're going to get into a potential, make it look real, I thought they would have had maybe one of the, you know, um, one of the other, you know, one of the other guys, not, not to not her anything, but like, I think this definitely establishes Aubrey as the AEW ref. Oh yeah, she's she's far and away the the head. I know they had um, what was it, Brian Hefner, but I think he's just like a special ref. He'll come in for some matches, but Aubrey is the woman. <laughs> she is she is the head official. She's there's... she's my favorite ref. Uh, ooh, um, she's tied with Red Shoes over in New Japan. Yes, but, Red Shoes. <laughs> but she uh, no, she's it was great, she, perfect. I, I can't get enough of her. So following that, um, and again, um, the article I'm looking at is definitely missing half of the uh, the promos. Um, by the way, I don't know what the hell has happened. We definitely need to watch Dark. Frankie Kazarian is fucking on fire right now. Yeah. Like, He's gone to full, like, elite hunter. And I, I, I saw when they had the – for the main event of this show, like, he has brand-new music, brand-new Titantron – and everything, I'm just like, shit. All right. Damn it. I need to start watching these shows now. <laughs> yeah, he just he had he just has this feel like he's the man. Yeah. You know, I've always loved Frankie, but right now, and not that Christopher, you know, again, they're both awesome talents. But now that, you know, Chris, I think, definitely stepped away for whatever reason, whether he wants to just be a coach, whether he has other things going on, you know, Frankie's gonna really come out and shine. Yeah, I agree. Um but he Killer, killer fucking promo. Yeah. Um, I know we also had a quick, quick uh, bit with Team Taz. Yes. Um, Taz essentially just stating that the the beef between Starks and um, Brian Cage needs to end. And next week, it's going to be a match on Saturday Night Dynamite between Adam Page and Powerhouse Hobbs. So that should be, as JR would say, one hell of a slobber knocker. It will. It will be. Uh, Following that, we did get the handicap match um, between Darby Allin and Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. This is exactly how I thought this was going to go. Me too, and I'm so happy that they actually went with it. Um. What this is going to lead to, it's it's going to be something. I know Darby's not going to be like, I need you. He's not going to do that to Sting. It's He's going to probably harbor this and take it very personally. And 
you could get Darby versus Sting down the road. You could. Um, kind of makes you wonder what's going to happen with Sting afterwards, though. He did sign a long-term deal, didn't he? Like a few years? He did, yeah. So I'm wondering what he'll do after that. But right now, I think Darby is just in the the mindset of he needs to prove himself because obviously Sting is Sting. Mm-hmm. Sting has done everything he needs to do in, in, in all of professional wrestling. And, you know, clearly there's some big shoes to fill. and Darby wants to feel like he's able to do that as well. So he's going to do these ridiculous matchups and he's unfortunately going to pay for it. <laughs> uh, so now it's just a matter of how he's going to bounce back or, or how they're going to go with this storyline. Like, will Darby fall into some type of depression now that he's, you know, wasn't able to, to beat the men of the year? Like, who knows? Is he going to go into a rampage and just attack them one-on-one? Who knows? I, I This is definitely one of the most or the more intriguing, you know, feuds segments, whatever the hell you want to call it in AEW. So I, I, I want to see what the next step is for this one. Definitely. Yeah. I, that's the thing. Long-term story. I think that, you know, AEW has the long-term story booking pretty down patent right now. Yeah. They're doing, yeah. They're definitely doing a good job. Uh, a lot of them. But following that, we had Orange Cassidy taking on Cesar Bononi. Bononi, Bononi. I totally hacked his last name. No, you were right. No. So uh, yeah. Cesar Bononi. So we, again, you want to talk about, and I, I, I can definitely tell that they do have a new faction, that the, you know, him, Ryan Nemeth, Peter Avalon, the wingmen. the wingmen. I do like it. That's so great. I and, like you know, it. these boys, they sold out for this match, and I love them for it. It's, <laughs> it's another one of those reasons, like, God damn it, we really need to watch Dark and, and Elevation. So the crazy thing about this, again, you want to talk about, you know, I talk about Frankie, you know, you know, looking like the man, Orange Cassidy is, he, he walks, he runs the place. Yeah. He showed up. You just, uh, there's never, the day Orange Cassidy doesn't show up in Dynamite, I will cry. Yeah. Be a sad day. But the crazy thing is, he's the comedy wrestler, okay, in this match. And Cesar, you know, he's definitely more, you know, he's looks he's supposed to be an athlete. But he wasn't part of the Orange Cassidy's not part of like the joke faction. Right. The the wingman. It just it's one of those things. It's like, wait, whoa. Yeah. So Orange Cassidy didn't go out there looking like, oh, he's gonna be you know, he's at the point where he's just like, Yeah, he can he can he can be, you know, the king of sloth style, but when he wants to go, he can go. Oh yeah. You know, I will never, never not want to watch Orange Cassidy wrestle. That's yeah, definitely. Give him a Tokyo Dome match. I don't care at this point. Ooh. Like, oh my god. Um, following that, we had what we kind of mentioned. Um, we had the promo, uh, between Jungle Boy and Kenny Omega, where actually well, wasn't even supposed to be a promo between the two of them. Alex Marvez comes up talking to Jungle Boy about the match coming up next week. Doesn't even get to say anything because you know Kenny Nakazawa and Callis come out. You know, and Kenny, you know, being cocky. Oh, I'll give you a hit right here, right here. We can do this right now. You can just get, you know, clean hit. First clean one's hit. free. <laughs> and then Nakazawa knocks him with the laptop. Yep. And they book it. Yep. We're talking about reasons you want to you want to see Kenny get his ass kicked. Yep. Literal hit and run. I love how, as him and Don Callis 
are are going away on the golf cart. Kenny's screaming, next week, Jungle Boy. I'm just like, God damn it, Kenny. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Um I'm I'm really looking forward to that match. I think that if Jungle Boy wasn't already on the map, this match next week is going to put him on the map mm-hmm. and make him a future, you know, s- superstar in this company. Mm-hmm. And I would not be surprised if after this match that Jungle Boy is firmly in the TNT title hunt. Mm-hmm. Um. And probably I would I would love for him to actually be a champion at some point during this year, if not very early next year, because he's been busting his ass for a long time. And as much as I do love Jurassic Express, I think Jungle Boy, out of all three of them, has the most star power. And that's saying a lot with Luchasaurus mm-hmm. being there. Yeah, no, I mean, and especially I mean, maybe his age also constitute because he is younger. True. True. You know, you, you know, Luchasaurus isn't as old. I mean, I think he might even be younger than Marco, honestly. Jungle Boy might be younger than Marco. True. But yeah. I think I'm with you. Um, he has. I've I've said it since day one. He, MJF, Sammy Guevara, in five ten years, you're looking at those are going to be the your top guys. Oh, absolutely. Especially again. Forgot to mention it. Sammy Guevara came out after the MMA fight because yes. you know MJF hopped in. Yep. We got that match coming up, dude. Yep. What? What the fuck? And you still got the issues with Sammy and Sean Spears as well. So it's like Sammy's got a, He's got his plate full. Mm. Mm. It's gold. But mm. want to talk about really <sighs> great debut, by the way. Cud Rhodes and Brock Anderson, Arnie Anderson's son, taking on QT Marshall and Aaron Solo. Dude, this crowd. Brock had him in his pot in his back pocket. I was so impressed. He, I was I was like, am I watching Arn? Like he looks like his father was when his father was that age. He's got that old '80s wrestler feel to him, and he wrestles like it too. And I'm just like. This is what I want. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, I know we'll go back to our fantasy booking here. I could really see him being, for some reason, I could really see him being with FTR down the road. I was just going to say that. Either just, F- just the old time feeling of him, it fits in perfectly. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, I mean, I get that right now he's riding high with, with Cody. But that turn is coming. I have a feeling the turn is coming because it happened, it happened to the best of them. That's how yes. the rock started. Also, I uh, somebody tweeted this last night, and I can't remember who it was, and I feel bad for for taking the info without giving the credit. But it would be very ironic for Brock to turn on Cody, turning on a veteran wrestler, because Cody Rhodes turned on Hardcore Holly. When he was, you know, a rookie in the business, turning on another veteran. So I think that would be very, a nice, nice poetic circle 
for mm-hmm. for Cody to get turned on by, you know, a rookie wrestler coming into the business, especially yeah. being Arn's son. There's there's only there's only so much you can do here. There's only so okay you can bring somebody in. Oh yeah, this is Arn Anderson's son, and it's great, and we're gonna be a big happy family. You can only go with that for so long. Right. So he will have his heel turn. Yeah. You know, um, again, like The Rock's a great example. Cool, it's you know Rocky Johnson's son, and you know yeah. nobody cared because he was whatever. And then the nature of domination happened, and he to the moon. Yep. It's. I think that's what would work for Brock. That would definitely work for him. Yeah, I agree. Um, I will say, though, um, watching Arn get emotional after the match with his son, that was, that was pretty cool to see. I'm sure that was a fantastic moment for them. Yeah, he probably did it because especially, and I didn't realize this, this is something, you know, over you know the past, like, year or so I found out. I guess Arn actually... You would know better. I guess he had to retire early. You know, I think before even yes. Nitro came on TV. Well, he was still he was still wrestling in the early years of Nitro, but yeah, he had to retire early. I believe it was a neck injury. Yeah. And um, but yeah, like he he was essentially, I would say, still in his prime when he retired. Mm-hmm. And um, because I remember the Four Horsemen, um, that their their theme I still think is one of the best ever made. It's so just classic. And that's why when I mentioned it to you, I think the pinnacle has slightly taken um, inspiration from that song because their beginning riffs has that 80s shred guitar going. Yeah, like, yeah, that 80s riff sounds just like what the Horsemen sound like. And I'm like, when I first heard it, I was like, wait, is that? And I went back and I listened to both of them. I'm like, it's similar. Okay, so we are pulling from the old school. I love it. Yeah, it's it's. It's great, um, and I liked Brock. It brought, and I'm not just saying that. But he he looked he looked great. Yes, he felt natural. Yep. Um, and again, we gotta go to the other side of the aisle. You know, QT Marshall's been here since day one, and he was. You know, I like QT, but now with the factory and the way he's been going with his his students, bar none. Yep. What I think, and I'm thinking to myself, the, the I. If they are doing this because of what I'm about to say, it's in, it's brilliant. Okay. But it looks like what they've done with the factory and with the Nightmare family, they've split the school up. Yeah. So these are people they're training, but at the same time, they're gonna have a mat. We're gonna work with you in the ring. We're gonna do this live. Yep. We're gonna give you the expo because not only are they bigger name, you know, they're bigger names, but also now we get to work with you. We can make sure you're comfortable. Yep. I mean, sometimes. I mean, imagine going out there and then you got to wrestle somebody you don't know first time on live TV. Right. It's probably a little uncomfortable. So they're yep. probably warming them up. Yeah, you know, let's get in the ring together. Let's do this together. That's probably, probably why Anthony Agogo wrestled Cody. Right. Yeah, you got to build their confidence up because if they if they go into a match with somebody that they don't know their style, they have no confidence in, mm-hmm. in you know, they may have confidence in their abilities, but they don't have confidence with whoever's across the ring. So it's going to be, it's disjointed. The match can look awkward and the fans notice and the way the fans are now, they shit on them. And then that person is, like, blackballed. And it's terrible. It's mm-hmm. unfortunate because you can have, like, one bad match and it ruins you. And it's unfortunate because mm-hmm. the crowd is ruthless and they, they will not let it go. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think I like the factory. I, I love the factory. You know, I definitely can't wait for everyone else to come out on their own. 
I'm waiting, you know, you know, Anthea Gogo, you know, already, already big fan of him. Aaron Solo, I can't wait till he's actually solo and he's kind of coming out on his own. Um, I forgot the guy who looks like Bruce Brody there. Um, Uh, Nick uh, Camarado. Yeah. He has this look. I'm just like, he's going to be a monster. Yeah. And I want. When he gets gets going, I 100% agree with you. Like you said, so, he looks like uh, you said Bruiser Brody, right? Bruiser Brody, yeah. Looks just oh my god, Ima- oh. Imagine if Brody Lee was still alive. Mm-hmm. Match between the two of them. Oh, 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 that's so, sad. Mm. Up next, we had a handful of interviews, and I know some of them were before and after the Julia Hart Penelope Ford interview. I mean, a match. Um, we had Andrade sit down with Jim, Jim Ross, Jr. Uh, he, um, I want to jump back to take over Orlando. Mm. You remember Andrade when he came out, Andrade Cien Almas comes out dressed. I don't want to say like a pimp, but like a player. He had the white jacket, he had the white hat. He had this very, you know, He's just, you know, he's just a, you know, feel-good kind of guy. Yep. I feel like I'm watching a mob boss. Yes. Now. Yes. I feel somebody like I'm un- watching... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I feel like somebody makes the wrong move, he's going to have a hit on them. <laughs> right. He's going to run the show. Yeah. And I he's- love that feeling about him. Yeah, somebody on Twitter compared him to a Colombian coke lord, and I couldn't help but laugh my ass off at that. I said, you know, he definitely has that swagger about him. <laughs> but it, it was a good interview. He talked about, you know, Vicky Guerrero and how she brought him into, you know, you know their connection and how she you know, was able to get him over to AEW with their talks and whatnot. And I I don't know. I'm, I'm excited that, again, we're waiting. We have waiting. a surprise. Now, I got to jump back because this is another thing with this show. They had killer promos across the board. We forgot about Matt Hardy and Christian Cage. Yes. How Matt has the audacity, the audacity to write out a check to give to Christian to retire. We're getting that match it all out. I can't wait. We're getting a third of TLC at all out. Incredible, like both of them. Yeah, this this is gonna be this is gonna be a great match. Uh, just just the way the two of them are, they're both masterminds in the ring. They can give us something real special that night. And yeah, yeah, I'm I'm I can't wait. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we also had uh, interview, and again, you know, uh, we had uh, Jade Cargill with uh, Mark Sterling. Mark Sterling. Let me Sterling. let me tell you this. Totally getting them all out of order now, Sorry. but it doesn't really matter. It was <laughs> promos all around. I couldn't. Let me tell you, I was buzzed and I remembered most of these. <laughs> so, you know, Jade again. You know, she's starting to really and it's with him. There, I'm really feeling like I'm really connecting now. I'm really exactly. Getting. Like we, like I talked about, I think it was a couple of a couple of episodes ago. I just I couldn't find that connection with Jade. Like she had it all. She had the physique. She has you know 
the, the mic skills. The mic skills. Yes, she's still brand new in the business, but she's doing really well. It's just something wasn't connecting, and I didn't know what it was. You add Mark Sterling Esquire into the mix, and the way they bounce off one another with these promo segments, I get it. I get her now. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, all right, let's go. She is that bitch. She is. So, in the mix of all this, we have this uh, match, Julia Hart, um, with the... Um, varsity Blondes. The Varsity Blondes. I keep going to say Hollywood Blondes, you know? know. <laughs> um, the Varsity Blondes taking on Penelope Ford. This is a while I think we've seen Penelope Ford on TV. Yeah, I believe she was... She might have been injured. I mean, she was kind of on TV with Kip, but now that Kip's gone but, for injury. <laughs> I almost think, too, I think they might have... I know they are actually, Kip and Penelope are actually married, and they may yes. have, you know, probably taken time off for, you know, an actual honeymoon or whatnot. Right. Um, but this was, this was, uh, I don't know if we've watched Julia Hart wrestle on TV. I can't recall. No, I believe this was, uh, she's been on television with the Varsity Blondes, but I think this was her first match on Dynamite. Like, uh, also, I want to say, this, this child is 19 years old. Wow. This was a pretty good match. It was. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. You know, Penelope obviously got the got the win over her, but the craziest, craziest thing about this though was what happened afterwards. Yeah. Because you know, obviously, when everyone's because my honestly, my first thought is, cool, we got to see Penelope wrestle, but I'm also like, there's so many other women you could have on TV that have storylines going on. Right. And then they wrestle. The mirror comes out. Saying that he's um you know, he's gonna defend her honor after kicking the shit out of her husband. <laughs> right? Mirror's just insane and I love it. So I'm like, okay, we're gonna use this as this might be a build up to a feud between Kip and Miro. Agreed, but I think before that, I don't know if you noticed, but while Miro took out Griff Garrison, Brian Pillman Jr. I did. Oh. Took it to Miro. So Flying Brian Jr. could be getting himself a TNT title match pretty soon. <sighs> that kid is that kid is talented on a level that is unexplainable. Like absolutely, you know there are again. I was really really young. I don't remember Brian Pillman. He usually comes up in conversations more than anything. Mm. But man, what that man was legitimately crazy. <laughs> and I love him for it too. Oh my god. Yeah, but after watching Dark Side of the Ring, which we still have yet to talk about, it, you know, most people almost sound like he could have been bigger than even Stone Cold. Yeah, he was he was on his way, and then, you know, the accident happened, and then just, yeah. It, it, uh, another one. He has star power. He's going to yes. do incredible, incredible things, but... Dude, we're setting this all up. I'm super excited. We also had a couple other promos. Uh, obviously, we kind of mentioned it. We had uh, the Dark Order and Hangman, you know, talking. I guess, uh, you know, John Silver is almost ready to get back in the ring. Yeah. You know, Johnny definitely getting hungry. That's right. <laughs> um, good promo. I love how they definitely, you know, uplifted you know, Evil Uno on his yeah. fight with that. Ma- Again, Evil 
inc- that was a great TNT title match. It was. They actually, if you guys haven't listened to it, um, Stu Grayson and Eva Luna were just on Jericho's podcast recently. Mm. And you get to hear him and talk to and both in, both incredible guys. Definitely worth a listen. Um, sometimes you don't, even though, you know, we see them as ca- the, the characters that they are on TV, the, this, this really brings them humble, you know, bring, brings them down. You, you get to know them, who, who they are, where they come from. Even Jericho, you know, yeah, they've been in AEW together since, you know, double or nothing, the first one. But you get to learn about these guys' past and what they've done and their connection with the Bucks and why they're here and, you know, some of their personal lives and whatnot. Good podcast. Definitely worth a listen. But following that, we also had talk with our favorite women's champion out there, Dr. Britt Baker, D-M-D. <laughs> and, yeah, no, she, I – we got Vicky. Vicky came out not even within minutes of this promo starting. We're getting Rebel and Britt Baker taking on Guerrero and Nyla Rose. We're getting Guerrero in the ring. Vicky Guerrero is going to wrestle. Well, well, <laughs> let me let me tell you how this is actually going to go. Nia is going to wrestle this entire match until the end when Vicky gets a tag and pins one of them, probably Rebel. I'm calling it right now. That'll be on the 30th edition or on June 30th when they're back on Wednesdays, the week before they go back on the road. It'll be nice to do our podcast on Thursdays again, Sam. <laughs> It'll be nice. It'll be nice. And that is a fact of life. <laughs> Let us talk to you. Yeah. I almost started off like that, too. I know. We started going, let me talk to you. So we had our main event. Really weird peering, you know, Penta El Zero Miedo, Eddie Kingston, Frankie Kazarian taking on Matt Jackson and the Good Brothers. What do you need to say here? I love trios matches. Um, if they're gonna if they're gonna come out with trios tag titles, it needs to happen soon. I think we'll get to the end of the year. Latest I hope so. The year. I, I hope so. If not sooner, because again, I reference back to yes, I didn't watch a lot of CMML and AAA, but Lucha Underground, they had a trios title, and those were some of the best matches on the show. I know Ring of Honor does. Yep. I know New Japan does. You may not see them a lot, but... Yeah, trio titles are fun. When you get a nice team of three, and they and they flow together, oh, the matches that they can have. So, yeah. There's plenty of groups of threes in AEW. Go. Oh. <laughs> I think... Well, that's like when you and I started talking, like... like I think you and I were speculating early when, you know, last year, when we started noticing that all the women were paired up. Right. And we were like, yo, maybe they're going to have a tag division. And guess what we got? We got knockouts titles. That's right. So I think I think we'll be going that route. I know it's been heavily, heavily, heavily rumored. Um, almost semi-confirmed. I don't know if it was by Meltzer. But that being said... Great magic. Again, anytime you have Pentagon and Matter Nick, you know, or Raytheon, yeah, any combination, 
is incredible. You got this is what you got to give what the people want, as Excalibur yeah. would say. Yeah. And this ended the way I thought it would. With yeah. Nick coming with the spray. Yep. Blinding him. Get the pin. And then them walking out. And you're like, again, you want to talk about people you want to hit. This has been a great week in wrestling, Scott. It really has been. And while we were talking about this, I actually thought of a bit of news that came out. I believe starting on June 23rd, people can start pre-orders for AEW Heavyweight Title Replica. The price, however... (laughs) Yeah. $700 for Replica Title. Now, that is far and away more expensive than WWE's replica titles, including the one that is right behind me. I was all about it until I saw the price, and I'm like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> and I thought it was odd because um, I remember, and I have my issue of the greatest 50 wrestlers from like WrestleMania 20. I got that magazine. In the back, there was like an order form you could buy replica titles and they had like different tiers you can buy like it's like like hockey jerseys or jerseys right yeah you can buy like the official that has everything if you were like a hockey player yeah. down to like yo it's just a jersey you can get for 20 bucks right and i thought they would might have done something like that maybe it's early maybe they want to see what happened i would i love that you know me i love a great belt if yeah. i could have that belt yeah. the old iwgp heavyweight championship yeah you know the nxt uk title the winged belt, my favorite belt of all time. The winged, the winged belt. I would. Um, maybe it'll go down. We don't know. There's people out there who are going to pay that. Oh yeah, there there are people who are going to pay it, and they're going to be in the crowd, and it's going to be a good time. Yes, it is. But guys, week's not over. As Scott said, Hell in the Cell's coming up. Definitely listen to his raw review, SmackDown study, in regards to the fallout of that. If you guys don't already do so, please follow us on Twitter at media underscore Bedlam. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Bedlam Media. You can find myself as the SOB official and Scott and Scotty J Stream on Twitter. You can find us on all streaming platforms. If there's one that you cannot find us on, though, for whatever reason, you know, some funky stuff is going on, let us know, and we'll get ourselves on there. On your streaming platform, please make sure you like, share, subscribe, give a review. Tell people why Above the Ring and Bedlam Media is the podcast of your choosing and why you, they should listen to us as well. Guys, as always... Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, and as always, do not forget to join the Bedlam. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain... A jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.